Welcome to the Be Make Multiply Send podcast. My name is Matthew Perry, lead pastor of Arapaho Road Baptist Church in Centennial, Colorado. As we continue on our Wednesday night studies here at our church through the Sermon on the Mount, we came to Matthew 5, 27 to 30, where Christ was warning us about our lust. In our day, thinking about lust is um, thinking about, oh, like you're just wanting to fulfill an urge to get something to eat or get something to drink. Lust is along that line. If you have that urge or desire, then just like Roman times, you quench it. And that's not what Christ is calling us to. Christ is calling us to something much, much better. I hope this podcast will help you understand more about what Christ is calling us to as far as our design in regards to sexual boundaries. You'll find that there's much freedom there when we stay within his bounds. Let's talk about that. Right, everybody, Pastor Matt here. Um, As we're going through the Sermon on the Mount, we are now in Matthew chapter 5, verses 27 to 30. Want to make sure that we are taking our time going through this particular passage, um, going through Jesus' sermon. Um, I love what Kevin Ezell said when he was pastor at uh, where's Highview Baptist Church in uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. And he said that it's the greatest sermon ever preached by the greatest uh, preacher that ever preached. So Praise God that we can go through this and make sure that we are covering what we're supposed to be. So in Matthew 5, verses 27 to 30, uh, if you want to go ahead and take your take time to look that up. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and read it just so there's not a lot of dead time. But I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. If you have any questions about why I would preach out of the English Standard Version, uh, please let me know. Um, I'm always happy to provide that information. But let's get to it about Christ warning us about lust. Um, Matthew chapter 5, again, beginning verse 27. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. So this is God's word, and we praise God for his word. So what Jesus is talking about here is making sure that we are really taking that step and not only loving God with everything that we have, heart, soul, mind, strength, but loving our neighbor as ourself. And, and in the previous paragraph where Jesus was talking in Matthew 5, 21 to 26, you know, he was warning, um, he was warning his listeners to avoid selfish anger in, in, in one's own heart. And that could lead to harming another image bearer because this affects not only love of neighbor, but also one's worship of God. In fact, it was so serious that they were to stop their own worship of God in that environment and going to be reconciled. And so that's what's happening here is that they're to reconcile themselves to make sure their worship is okay. So if you are doing something that is selfish, wanting to cause harm, but really selfish toward um, so another image bearer, it affects your worship of God and it needs to quit. And that's really what's happening here. So last week, or last time we were together, and uh, Jesus was talking about the sixth commandment of not murdering. 
The seventh commandment Jesus is talking about is that of, of not committing adultery. And so that's what he's warning his, his listeners. He's warning his listeners about a, about a false love and a lack of love for neighbor. And that is harming them and harming themselves and harming the uh, harming someone else because you are now turning them into an object. We've got to be very, very careful of that. So God wants us to remove that lustful intent from our own hearts. So it's better to deprive yourself from lustful intent than to destine oneself for hell. That's how serious this is. So as, as we get into this, it's important for us to really understand our terms. So when Jesus is saying and referring to that commandment of not committing adultery. That's in Exodus 20, 14, that seventh commandment. We have to make sure that we realize that Jesus is not simply talking about adultery, and that's the only um, sexual sin that he's talking about. Adultery is having sexual relations as you're married or with someone else who is married, you are committing adultery. Like fornication is um, sexual relationships with someone else, whether you're married or not, but that's, that's fornication. Homosexuality is having sexual relations with someone of the same gender, on and on and on. So what Jesus is really talking about here is not just committing um, adultery, that one thing, but any sexual sin that is outside of the design of, of husband and wife for life, man and woman for life. So it's important for us to, to recognize this. And when Jesus is talking about the right eye and the right hand, um, he's talking about making sure that you are doing all that you can to be intentional about not engaging in that lustful intent, not engaging in that particular sin. Now, Jesus in Matthew 18, 8 and, 18, 8 and 9, he's talking about general temptations to sin. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out right foot. So he talks about the foot as well. So your right hand is talking about the things that you do. The right eye is talking about the things that you see. Well, the right foot is also talking about the places where you go. And so you want to make sure that you're being intentional about cutting off anything that will cause you to get into that particular sin. Now, there were some of the ascetic monks of early church history, like Origin of Alexandria, that he actually mutilated himself, in fact, made himself a eunuch in order to make sure that he was not engaging in that type of sin. Now, the Council of Nicaea in, um, in 325 AD, well, they were the ones that said no longer is this permitted. And so Christian-wide, church-wide, that was an understanding. So John Stott is really helpful in understand, helping us understand this. What he was advocating was not a literal physical self-maiming, but a ruthless moral self-denial. Not mutilation, but mortification is the path of holiness he taught. So killing that sin at the root. This is what he is, uh, he is talking about here. So we have to recognize that all of us struggle um, to a greater or lesser degree with this issue of lust and how important it is for us to be aware of those things and the stimulation, the inner stimulation of sexual sin with someone that is not our spouse and how that does need to be cut off. It must be said uh, uh, that within the bounds of marriage, that longing for 
um, that sexual intimacy and that longing for that closeness and that co that conjugal closeness, if you will, perfectly permissible. You see it in Genesis 23 to 2, 23 to 25. You see it in the Song of Solomon. I mean, you, you see these things taking place and God is, is not only okay with that, but God gave that in the marriage covenant as a great, great gift. So we have to be really careful, and especially like right now I'm on a computer and there is access to all sorts of things. And we have to be sure that we are putting things in place to make sure that that sexual stimuli of someone that is not our spouse is, is not in play. And we have to take, well, we have to take measures internally and externally to make sure that those aren't there. So I want to make sure that we get the takeaways right. So I'm, I'm going to list five, and then I'll conclude our time tonight. So number one, um, again, Jesus quoting of adultery was not merely about one lane of sexual sin, but all lanes outside of God's design. Secondly, longing for one's spouse sexually is not evil, for we see this in abundance again in the Song of Solomon, Genesis 2. Within the bounds of marriage, spouses are free to long for and love their spouses fully. Uh, number three, lusting after another turns them into a sexual object for selfish satisfaction. The eyes and the hands are used to stimulate sexually in a way that burns those images into the hearts and minds for the rest of life. And, you know, that's true. I remember, I'll tell you a story that I shared last night with our folks. So I'm sitting on the bus in the seventh grade and you know how it is with the bus. You have someone that you're sitting right beside and, you know, there's the lane and the middle lane and then there's someone over on the other side. Well, I remember this kid, as I was talking to someone here, I remember he saying, hey, Perry, look. And it was this centerfold. Now, I looked at that thing for a split second, but I still remember some of those images that were there. It's burned in. Well, what happens? That's, that's what happened to me when it was just that quick. What happens if we are looking at it? It gets tattooed on our minds, and it can show up in our minds, in the theater of our mind, in an inopportune time. So protect yourself. God is providing you that freedom to not have that be rolling around in your mind, but he, and he's also protecting you as well. It may not feel that way at the time, but he's really protecting you. Number four, we are to take drastic measures because like anger, we lose our ability to love our neighbor, replacing it with a love of self. And number five, Christ again calls us to love our neighbor out of love for him. As we close, I want to remind you from Hebrews chapter four that this is not something that we can do of our own nature, right? This is not something that we can ultimately do of our own strength. We need Christ to help us. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16, listen to what Jesus is saying here. Since then we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus is there knowing exactly what we're going through, understanding what that, that temptation is like, and he is there. He 
persevered. And he knows what's going on. And we're able to go to him and he will give us mercy and help in our time of need. Don't forget about that. Jesus is there. Christ in us as followers of Jesus. Jesus is there to give us that possibility, that understanding to be able to escape and to be able to find help and strength to be able to resist those issues. Uh, and if I, I would just recommend if you are struggling in that area, find someone that you can trust uh, to talk to about it and to provide some accountability. This is a serious matter because it's better for you to lose um, a little bit of here, that here on earth than to lose your entire life by being cut off from the things of God because you are turning an image bearer into something that is never intended to be out of your own selfishness and denial of the grace of God and the love that he has placed in you. All right. Let me know if you have any questions or comments. We're here to make sure that we're understanding the word, being disciple, being discipled disciples who are disciples. God bless you all. Good to be with you. Thanks a lot.